And we're live. Hello, everyone. Uh, Brian with Tiny Crypto Blog. This is the weekly summary for October 20th. And this week we have several topics. We've got the FTX trial. We've got Ethereum transactions. And we've got the big mama Bitcoin ETF. Uh, this week, better prepared, better structured, a lot cleaner. So it's going to work out well. Great to see everyone. Glad you're here. So let's get started. First thing that came up this week at the FTX trial. So as Caroline Ellison took the stand and other executives from FTX, I realized that with the amount of information as well as admission of guilt that these people had been putting forth in court testimony, uh, <clears throat> I realized that the things that Sam Bankman-Fried as the head of everything was doing, you know, originally it's interesting because comparing that to the details that started coming out later in the week, originally and prior to the case, my comments were gonna be along the lines of I felt like Sam Bankman-Fried wasn't nefarious in his intent and in his actions. He was a bumbling idiot who let his uh, hubris, his ego, uh, plain old greed, and his uh, poor judgment in evaluating risk, having that get in the way. And that's what led to the downfall. But the more I see about how money was spent, how money got shifted around and pulled from there to pay for this and pay for that and how he was going to use all this money to, regardless of what was going on, he was going to give money to those campaigns, get, damn it. And I'm realizing he's not as, I don't want to say innocent of a character, but he's not as, there's a lot more culpability than originally I realized. And I think whatever happens to him is probably going to be a just do that he definitely did not manage his operations well. And he definitely took undue risks that affected so much and so many people. So that's all I've got to say about that. Another one, Fidelity Digital Assets. They are the branch of Fidelity, which is the large fund manager. They manage IRAs, mutual funds, trading. They have a put out research. They put out a monthly report, and they also do a monthly video on YouTube. I'll put a link in the show notes. And on its recent October report, October summary, they said that the by measuring on-chain metrics, the amount of transaction volume uh, of layer two applications built on top of Ethereum were much, much greater than the actual Ethereum transactions, and that's okay. Uh, the way that they were painting it was that do the layer two protocols and applications have more value than Ethereum itself? You know, is are everything from all of your DeFi platforms, your bridge platforms, your chainlink platforms, your tokens like BAT, uh, any single token that's 
built on Ethereum and has its own transaction network. All these things, the layer two transactions. I would almost argue, actually I would argue that doesn't necessarily mean Ethereum is less important because Ethereum still provides that validation layer for all those transactions that are happening. But also too, I can, I wanna say it's like an analogy of Ethereum is the road that all of these layer two application traffic drives on. And if you have a solid road, everything runs smoothly. And that that's where the value proposition of Ethereum comes in. Transaction costs, that's something that needs to be worked on at some point in far the, as far as a future upgrade. But it is what it is. And now this is where it's going to get fun. We're going to go the Bitcoin ETF. So this week, there was a false tweet on Cointelegraph saying that the Bitcoin ETF had been approved. Turns out it was false. They came out and said it was false. We're going to do some investigation into it, find out what the story is. But it was enough to pump Bitcoin up several thousand dollars. Uh, I think it was maybe 10% in a few hours. Uh, Keith over at uh, CryptoCoin Mindset did a video on Monday that kind of examined this in detail. And the summary point of it was, if Bitcoin can move this much on false news, imagine what's going to happen when the real deal happens. Uh, last week on Friday, uh, Grayscale, they run GBTC, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which it trades like an ETF, but the way you actually get into and get ex direct exposure to the Bitcoin itself is in a trust structure, which locks up the coins and you have to have a certain amount of money invested in and you, you invested directly into Grayscale and they give you the GBTC shares in trade. Well, a court case with the SEC, the SEC let it lapse and they said, we're, we're not challenging it. Like for them to challenge it would have been another, effectively another rejection. They didn't challenge it. And then I was listening to, whew, uh, Natalie Brunel and Kathy, 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 what's her name? Um, <laughs> uh, with ARK Investments. She made the comment that Gary Gensler, and I haven't been able to verify it since, that the Bitcoin spot ETF has been his Vietnam, which for the people who don't know American history <clears throat> or have that reference point, it was, a, it was an unwinnable war. It was basically, long story short, it was a war the US couldn't win and eventually was going to admit defeat and con con concede, meaning eventually a yes is coming. He can't, Gary Gensler can't carry on this fight. He's running out of, it's just wearing him down. <clears throat> so that brings up a big question. What would spot ETFs mean for Bitcoin? As far as adoption, as far as awareness, as far as price, as far as the protocol. 
on numerous levels, as far as awareness, you'll have what will happen in the investment world is that you'll have this Bitcoin ETF open up. And in short, how BTF works is, or an ETF, uh, spot ETF works is if <clears throat> the value of the shares is a million dollars, that fund manager needs to have a million dollars of said asset to, to match up to the value of the shares. So if it's oil, they have to have a million dollars worth of oil or in more more likely would be a million dollars worth of oil contracts, which if they were claimed would translate to a million dollars of oil or a million dollars of gold or a million dollars of rental real estate producing rental income that's paid in the form of a dividend or forestry management or shares of the S&P 500, whatever it is, the underlying asset has to match the valuation of the shares. So if the valuation of the shares of a spot Bitcoin ETF was $3 billion, that fund manager would have to buy $3 million, sorry, $3 billion worth of Bitcoin. That fund manager, that fund would have to acquire $3 billion worth of Bitcoin. I don't have the numbers of how many Bitcoin are made today. Let's do some quick math around my calculator here. So uh, let's see, six blocks every hour times 24 hours times 6.25. Currently, 900 Bitcoin is made every single day through mining. Multiply that by 29,000. One at today's price, at today's re block reward, $26 million worth of new Bitcoin comes into circulation. That is way short of $3 billion. So I'm imagining a lot of these funds, if they get the approval, there's still going to be a window before it starts trading. That's going to allow them to start acquiring the Bitcoin for the underlying value and then once trading begins, they'll buy more, they'll sell more, and they'll do whatever they need to do accordingly to match up to the valuations. Well, <clears throat> pardon me. <sighs> well, during the 2020-2021 bull run, GBTC was pretty much the only game in town where you could find some sort of derivative that got exposure directly to the price of Bitcoin. Having an ETF, and for like example, in, in an IRA, in an investment account that I have, retirement account, that was the only option I had to get to take money that normally could not buy spot Bitcoin and get exposure to it, get exposure to the price activity. There's a lot of people that are clamoring and chomping at the bit to get their investment funds also exposure to Bitcoin. So from an implementation standpoint, let's put price aside for a moment. Just from an implementation standpoint, you're going to have the people who have been clamoring, 
Larry Fink and all the investment funds, hey, we want exposure to Bitcoin. Hey, we want to get exposure to this action. Once there's approvals and once they go live, you're going to have that initial spike where people jump into those funds. Okay, now they have an ETF. Well, if you eventually over time, when you compound this with the upcoming bull price cycle, which I can get to at a later moment, that's going to accelerate the interest where it's like, hey, Bitcoin is up this much. I want to get in on the action. And it's just going to be plain old human greed wanting to piggyback the price of Bitcoin going up. So then what you'll have is you'll have an initial bump, but then more people will start buying this. And then pretty soon, whether it's a month, a year, two years, several years, there are going to be investment funds and mutual funds that say, hey, we could under our, since we're a technology mutual fund or we're a technology ETF or we're a hard asset ETF or mutual fund or we're a hard asset or a commodity ETF or mutual fund, we can start buying GBTC or uh, we can start buying shares of these Bitcoin ETFs. And that's going to create even more buying demand, which raises the valuation more, which means those funds have to acquire more Bitcoin to match, match that. That's more buying demand. So throw this into the multi-year timeline. And then throw in just the normal whale, orca, and shrimp demand of people who are going to ape in and go, oh, my God, Bitcoin's pumpkin again. I got, I got to get into this. Or the first time, as you said, I didn't get on it last time, but this time I'm getting in. And look, it's not at the all-time high. I can still get in at a low price. Ah, low price. That's a very relative term. But are going to have all those people jumping in. And they're going to create even more buying demand. And then it's just the compound cycle of what happens during a bull where it snowballs and everyone starts buying in, they start FOMOing in. The people that were skeptical, they, they're, they're believers again, and they jump in. And out of that crowd, you will have the true believers and the true the people that understand the freedom tech, the people that understand the value propositions that are going to be there and will start building stacks through bull and bear cycle. They're 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 Bitcoiners, they're they're proponents, they're sold. So you got just the amount of adoption and exposure to Bitcoin that's going to be coming from Bitcoin ETFs. From a price standpoint, I mean, it's simple supply demand right there. $12,100,000 worth of Bitcoin being created a day. And if demand's higher than that, that creates price pressure because you have more demand, less of the asset. The people who are going to sell, they're going to hold out for a higher price just because all those people are bidding and they're bidding hard to get something. So that's going to pull up price. And it's nice on a related note that Bitcoin's divisible down to 10 million Satoshis? No, 100 million Satoshis. So there's that. And then from, uh, there was a third point. Yeah, just 
just it's a lot of win-wins. Yeah. And right now, in October 2023, psychologically, energetically, where we are at is similar to uh bear with me a sec. Sorry, furnace kicked down. I needed to open the vent so it wouldn't be whistling. We are psychologically where we are at in late 2019, where we're coming out of a bear market. All the bad news has happened. All of the leverage has been unwound, layoffs, closures, all done. And there's a slow rebuilding of positive news and positive perspective and now it's a spring being coiled up and just ready to shoot. The fact that that false news article on the belief that it was true pushed up the price 10%. And that today the price is higher at the end of the week, the price is at near the top of that range of where it was at the beginning of the week there are tons of articles and I have links in the description talking about how there will be a Bitcoin, a spot Bitcoin ETF in 12 months, which I'm going to take you with me on the nostalgia trip, just going back to when I fell into the weeds in 2017. That was the running joke. It became the running joke like, oh, another Bitcoin ETF applied. And I wonder how long before that one gets rejected because it was just constantly rejected. Well, we've been through so much since and to think, oh my goodness, is that actually gonna happen? I don't think anyone or barely anyone could have seen what the landscape and what the face of adoption would look like with at the time of a spot Bitcoin ETF coming live. And I think it's happening when it needs to happen and the timing, the timing is perfect. The timing is perfect. And I think we could very quickly go up, like once this goes out of the gates, depending on when the news hits, it could either be the catalyst for the next bull run in prices or an accelerant. If it's already starting to build, it'll just pick it up even faster. And if past trends are correct, we're probably looking like this cycle will go over 100,000. I'm actually thinking 250 before things peak out are a distinct possibility. And that's crazy to think that October of 2017, one of the big questions I remember watching on a YouTube channel was, uh, so what do you think? If two guys think banter with each other, do you think, well, Bitcoin 5,000? 5,000. We haven't had 5,000 since the world fell apart in March of 2020. I think the odds of seeing $5,000 Bitcoin again would probably be the same as the odds of uh, seeing a $1,000 Bitcoin again. I, I think that train's left the station. So there we go. Uh, yeah, Bitcoin ETF, what do you think? Yay, nay, you excited for it? Uh, do you think it, there's risks? Curious to know.
make a note in the comments below. I will see them. And yeah, I hope you have a good week. I'm going to work on some more refinements to get the video. One of these days this week, I'm hoping to find the microphone so we actually have good audio. I'm working on it. So until then, uh, follow the channel, news and updates, shorts, go to tinycryptoblog.com where I've got my weekly summaries, share important videos of the week, have content like this posted. We're also on all the social media platforms listed in the show notes. Be well, everyone. Talk to you soon.